Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian experience and all things Asian and not. I'm Connor. I'm Akina. And I'm Jem. And I don't have a monolid. Oh, yeah, you don't. No, no, you don't. I don't don't think I do. No, you don't. I think my mum does, though. Mm -hmm. Because my dad doesn't. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. I save money down to get surgery on it later in life. Yeah, that's the thing. It was a big thing, wasn't it? Like to yeah. get. It's a graduation gift in Korea. To fix it. Yeah. And there's that glue that you can put in your eyelids to create a crease. Yeah. Yeah, that feels because like it. Because it shows the Eurocentric standards of beauty. Eurocentric. But I think standards. growing up, I was always, like, even though I don't have a monolid, I was always very aware of my eye shape and my crease and i remember michelle fan i think it was like put a video on youtube and how to fix your monolid like how Um, to make a crease yeah how to make a crease and even though i had a crease i was so convinced thinking like i need to fix my face and make it look less asian Mm -hmm. um so i tried it um and i feel like actually doing that when i was maybe i was 14 at the time has messed up my eyelid on my left eye in the future. Like, I feel like I have a second crease now because of it. Weird. Yeah. But um, I remember watching those videos as well of of these Asian beauty vloggers um, and how to make a crease even though I have one. And I was just thinking, (laughs) I like, um, I really like the look of a monolid though. I think it, I don't know, especially for makeup gurus, I think it makes the the um, eyeshadow have a really nice canvas. Really? So yeah, I actually never understood why they wanted it. I thought it was really pretty. Oh, see, I was the opposite. I was re- I really bought into the idea that oh no, this isn't pretty, and Asian eyes aren't that great. And I used to think that I really wish my eyes were more like white people's because. I'd like to have a bit more of a bone structure. It'd be easier to do makeup with, because mm. right now, because my face, like, I have yeah. a crease, but I don't. My brow bone isn't that prominent. That say, if I'm like trying to do eye makeup, it used to be very difficult, and it took me a while to learn how to do makeup with my eyes because there wasn't enough um, like material online to teach how to do makeup on Asian eyelids because it's different. Oh. Oh, thank God for all the Asian beauty vloggers, I guess then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Today, we're serving rice with gentrification, appropriation, and cancel culture. You're cancelled, bitch. <laughs> cancel culture only came about very recently i'd say in the last five years like yeah three to five years um took me a while to understand what was happening honestly i I still don't really get it honestly i kind of think it's getting out of hand at some points um so what do you mean you don't get it like why are people doing it basically people they're saying basically it's like when someone does something like wrong or bad or like against social acceptance they're like this person shouldn't have accomplishments and shouldn't benefit in life because they're a bad person right so for example you're cancelled r kelly uh, 
yeah. beloved by a lot of people for like, his music. No doubtedly R and B like an R and B icon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much an icon. Um but very he, problematic. He's done a lot of shit things. <laughs> he peed on a girl. Um, in boondocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh and so people decide that you no longer deserve to be an icon and, and be appreciated for that work because of the things that you've done in your personal life and, and that's that's cancel culture and people have done it to um a lot of major icons I think mm-hmm. um i think the idea behind it is as a punishment for the things that you've done you no longer deserve recognition for anything or that fame, you've contributed or money or any of that um yeah so where where do you stand on cancel culture? Um, I think it's like a case by case thing, obviously, but I understand it being applicable on recent like atrocities or really bad atrocities, like Roman Pulaski for one. Um, but I feel like if someone is like racist or sexist years ago or homophobic years ago and you can see change in them or they're obviously a different person. I don't think they should be cancelled for that because I feel like the toxic part of cancel culture is when people dig up stuff from the past and be like, this person's cancelled now for what they said before. Yeah. yeah. For example, Maya Jama, um, the BBC She's radio, radio host, host yeah. um, she tweeted something out when she was very young about like dark skinned girls not being pretty. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people dug that out from the archives of Twitter and tried to cancel her. And she went on a different podcast to talk about it. Um, yeah, and they were basically just discussing how she may have had views like that before, which is why she tweeted it out. But people grow and people learn yeah. and they can't be judged for things that they've done when they were younger. Yeah, I think cancel culture doesn't have room for forgiveness a yeah. lot of the time or a lot of the really loud brass people who do it on twitter they're like no you're like this so you'll always be like this mm-hmm. absolutely um where do you stand on it gem i don't know a huge amount about it so oh, really? i'm not completely sure like i completely agree with that what we've just said that um i don't think it's like I'm a big believer in self growth and like I'm definitely not the same kind of person I was back when I was a teenager and my views now have definitely changed so much since I was a teenager. Um I mean I've never really put anything out into the public domain like maybe celebrities would have done um to be judged on but I think yeah the whole idea that there isn't room for forgiveness in cancel culture can mean it's quite toxic and it's also i don't know i i I, someone that i know was talking about it the other day in our group chat um and how like it's extremely toxic and it's kind of like i don't want to they didn't use the word bullying but but i get it it's kind of i've I've just searched up now actually that it's like a mob culture as well that everyone's attacking this one person yeah um and i don't know whether it's generally because i'm i would never be the kind of person to really like publicly call someone out yeah that 
I don't know where I would stand in it. I, I would never feel comfortable, like, even though I don't agree with, say, like, R. Kelly, like, I, I'm just, like, I agree that, I know, me personally, I don't listen to his music anymore and everything like that, but I don't use my social media in that way. Yeah. I don't know if any of that makes sense. Well, I think cancel culture is really unproductive um, just because... It is unproductive. <laughs> it's It's like, all right, someone does a bad thing, So the logic, how I see it, is someone does a wrong thing, we cancel them, we don't talk about that thing, and it's not as if it's vanished. Like, this is a thing that happens. It's not made a huge difference to anything. Exactly. So that person, yeah, isn't earning money anymore, but then the problem is still out there and we've not made steps to improve on that problem. Exactly. Like if it's an issue yeah. where a celebrity is a domestic abuser and we cancel them, it's not as if... Yeah, I was going to say Chris Brown. Right. It's not as if domestic abuse no longer exists because we cancelled all the domestic abusers. Uh, we should talk about Chris Brown. We should punish him for what he's done through dialogue. Um, and, an example, and, and talk about why that's wrong. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about this because a lot of online communities tend to cancel people over particularly gentrification and appropriation. Um, but I don't know. It is a difficult one because I understand that I do not want those people to succeed for just stealing other cultures. But at the same time, because they obviously they obviously have means to make business because mm-hmm. they've made a business stealing other people's cultures. Then maybe they should be taught and not cancelled. But then again, that's also giving not the original people their due. I guess I don't know it's kind of a weird bridge to walk along. It's very it's a really difficult conversation. I think there's to better have. there's better ways to tackle the situation. Um. I think I need to do, I think I'm very ignorant on this topic that I definitely need to do more reading about it before I state any sort of opinion around it. Yeah, like, um, let's say Uniqlo. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say that they appropriated, um, like, African designs with, like, no input for African artists Uh or whatever. Would you just, like, burn all your Uniqlo clothes and stop wearing them and cancel them, do you think? Oh, oh right. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. Let's use this as an example. So, um, I've just had, I just remembered something that happened a few years ago. I think when, during the Trump like elections, maybe the first time round, I don't know. I think New Balance, um, what was it called? They supported Trump or something. And then loads of people put on their Twitter or Instagrams them binning their oh, I remember uh, that. New Balance shoes. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I remember seeing it and I was like, why is people binning it? And I searched it. I was like, oh, and then I started thinking, like, should I not wear my New Balances anymore? Because I really don't support Trump. Like, I really, I cried when he became president. I was <laughs> full on crying for a good few days. Yeah. Um, she and I couldn't decide. And I felt awful that I couldn't. Like, I was like, am I just a materialistic bitch that I don't want to throw away my <laughs> trainers? Because yeah. like these cost me money. <laughs> That's really um, interesting how brands become so embedded in meanings nowadays yeah because i remember do you remember when people were burning their nike shoes because nike um became a partner of colin kaepernick oh yeah 
Yeah, I remember that too. Gosh, shoes mean a really like. Do you think that's what? It, would you see like if you saw um someone wearing a brand and they like supported neo Nazis or whatever? Would you be like that person's a neo Nazi? It was like a black guy. So I would, if it was big enough, where like, say, say Nike, <laughs> as an example, they were funding neo-Nazi <laughs> uh, organizations. organizations publicly and to a huge extent. And maybe a friend of mine is wearing it. I'd have a conversation with them, talk about what's happening, mm. um, kind of gauge where they feel uh, about it and like if they want to get, get rid of those Nike shoes or not is out of my control I had the conversation with them the dialogue happened maybe somewhere in their minds they'll think about it and not buy another one to kind of not contribute to the funding but I wouldn't like judge them for not throwing their Nike shoes away because um, they bought that. Yeah, because they bought that. Or I wouldn't even judge them if... I don't know. Actually, I would judge them if they continued to buy Nike, knowing <laughs> that they're funding neo-Nazism. But um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, let's mention that Nike, We as, as far as we know, Nike is not supporting neo-Nazism. This is just an example. So don't come at us, Nike lawyers. I think all you can do, really, is is have that dialogue with the people yeah. around you um, and you can't control what other people do and how they decide to use the products so is it like you don't care for the result or like you just know you can't really force anything you can't force anything on anyone you people can just, just have to do it for themselves they make their own decisions and all they can do is, yeah, exactly. is like provide the like plant the seed in yeah. their brain through a conversation okay what if it was something more close to home like, what if you, your favorite brand, like, food place was making really whack, appropriated Filipino cuisine? Jen, <laughs> um, what if Wagamama start making, like, chicken adobo, but it was, like, terrible, and it was made by a white guy? Right. I'm not hugely fussed about, like, cuisine. As in, like... Someone can cook Filipino food and I'm never going to be there saying, you're not allowed to cook our food because you're not Filipino. I, I, no, but what I think it's important like to explore other people's recipes. cultures, but I just don't think you should. I, th I think we've explained this in a previous episode. Like, I just don't think you can call it authentic Filipino food if it's not a Filipino person cooking it. That is what just I don't say. call it authentic. Um, I'm I chill with you trying out the recipes because it's important to share cultures. It's important to like... You know, I love trying different cuisines and I'm sure a lot of the cuisines that I've tried, I haven't actually tried them authentically. I've not gone to the country. I've tried it from a, a restaurant where yeah. it's probably not cooked by a person of that race. Yeah, I, um, I am so much more attached to food than I am to fashion or brands and, and like food is just everything to me. Like it's, it's the geography, it's, it's the, it's the culture of the people it holds so much in my mind and i would completely agree with you i i don't care if you try to make food from a different country just it only triggers me when they when they attempt to say it's authentic and when they attempt yeah, to say that exactly. this is the best that you'll get from that country's food okay 
this has just reminded me of something actually um this was also a neck shark that i saw this week i'm not sure whether you saw it connor about there was an italian airbnb who um the owner or the manager i'm just trying to search it up now uh, made a comment a very racist comment about uh china and asians in general um and what's called that one of their excuses to is that they said that you know we love asian culture we go visit asia once a year and we bring its cuisine into our um airbnb like we serve asian food basically saying that's one of the excuses and i was like that isn't an excuse for racism you can't say i'm not racist because we serve asian food and we visit asia once a year that's the um i have a black friend excuse yeah Yeah, it's literally ridiculous um okay so what if on a different like situation have you heard of like restaurants like uh what's it called lucky lee's and um and lucky cat no basically lucky lucky lee's is like it's closed down now but it was a restaurant in new york and this white lady was like in their statement they're like we're gonna make good tasting chinese food it's not greasy it makes you feel gross after eating it and basically saying that they're gonna it's like the white savior of chinese oh that's in like we're gonna make better chinese food yeah we're gonna make chinese food that isn't disgustingly unhealthy Ooh. and gross yeah that really triggers a, like it lights that would a fire a in the the pit of my belly so do you think council culture then is okay because that's i mean she is doing what you got to say and she's just she's not saying it's authentic and she's making other people's food but I would say, oh, it's really difficult because uh, here yeah. is here is when I'm tempted to say, burn it down, <laughs> <laughs> like cancel the heck out of it. But see, that's my first response. And you should never go with just your first basic response. <laughs> Look into that first response and then think about it logically. And so when I do that, logically, I would think, <laughs> OK, let's go back to talking about why this is wrong. Um, <laughs> I would want there a lot there to be a lot of discussion in like online forums uh, uh, asian chefs uh i'd love for them to talk about it and i would hope that the customers would take that into consideration before they go there and maybe not go there but things don't always work out that way a lot of people don't care um Mm -hmm. whether it's offending a whole group of people or not um, and that's the unfortunate truth, and, and that's that's where I get really pissed off. But it's beyond your control. So why would you guys consider that offensive and not okay as compared to like if someone else was just making Asian food? Is it because of... I don't think you can say to... Like telling Chinese people I can make better Chinese food than you and I'm not Chinese, like, that does, literally doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like, you can't say to someone that you're going to do better than... I just... I Yeah, I just don't... I don't know how to explain it, but as in, like, that... Straight away, my head is just wrong. To and me, I don't know anyone who would think that would be okay to say. To me, it, it ignites such a fire in my head because I know the history, at least in, in, in the States, of, of Chinese populations coming to the states trying to build a life and and largely through selling food and that's how they've built the american dream their their life in that country um 
and it means so much to the survival of that people, um, and 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 like everyone loves Chinese food, right? People really hopped onto that bandwagon, and they're still mm-hmm. on that bandwagon now. Everyone loved the version of Chinese food that the Chinese people created in that country, and then at some point, everyone decided that they wanted that group of people to leave, and so Chinese food became this like dirty thing, this cheap thing. Um, and it's, <sighs> I'm getting so angry. So would you guys be mad if a white person opened up a new Filipino joint and like, we're going to make Filipino food, but it's not going to smell? Yeah, uh, I'd, be yeah really I'd, be, angry. I'd be angry. Because <sighs> <laughs> it's like you're, you're insulting our culture whilst trying to take over it. Yeah, so I think that is the definition of appropriation is taking a culture but not respecting it. Or yeah. trying to respect it. Because a lot of people, like, I'm going to give it to white people. A lot of them do wholeheartedly try to respect it, but they just don't. But I think then that's our, I mean, it shouldn't be I our think, job. Yeah, I think the issue is people be, don't understand. Like, they're very ignorant around it. And that's probably why they have a lack of respect. Yeah, I can see that. And it, I yeah. think a lot of, like, appropriation people kind of say that i you know it's not appropriation it's appreciation yeah there's a fine line that i still but i think yeah there is a very fine line around that it's like you can appreciate someone's culture and i completely think that that is great like i think we need to learn more about other people's culture appreciate it learn more about it um be open to it but you can't take that culture as your own without knowing its history knowing the uh, the pain behind it um you're right you're right about history because if we go back to filipino food smelling we can talk about why it smells a lot of filipino food is fermented a lot like korean food mm. and then we can talk about why a lot of filipino food is fermented and it has roots a lot in times of survival when the spanish and the americans um waged war in our country and that's what we had to do to survive we had to ferment food so that we can eat it because there was no other way um and it it comes it comes from survival in a time of pain because there's that history around why our food smells the way it does and why we've created something delicious out of like necessity um when people don't understand that and just simplify it to oh your food is smelly so it's disgusting it's just it is like the the base of ignorance that's that's exactly what ignorance is yeah it is so that's cancelable basically it's not nothing is ever cancelable cancelable nothing can ever ever be (laughs) cancelled um but everything can be criticized do you, do you guys remember when Kim Kardashian tried to call her like new skin wear brand kimono? Yes, oh, she yeah. tried to like. She that made to me the word. so angry, so 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 angry. I think the Japanese uh, like cultural authorities had to send a letter to her explaining why she couldn't the, do that. Yeah, the town that the Kyoto government. I think some, so. It was a government. Like it was a council of some town that kimonos are really important. I think it might be in Kyoto. Um, and they were just explaining to her why she shouldn't do this. And I was like, and usually 
like usually in Asia, when Westerners take something of Asian culture, basically appropriating it, Asians are always the first one to be like, it's fine, whatever, who cares? Mm. But the fact that an Asian government said this shows you how not okay that one was. Yeah. Well, the Kardashians are really well known of appropriating cultures. Yeah, for sure. Um, Don't they also pretend to be black? Yeah. They appropriate a lot from black culture. They Um, So much. And also, they really do fetishize black culture. As in, like, all of them, I feel like, only date black guys. And they want to look like black women without, like, really acknowledging the fact that being a black woman is very hard. But they want to have the whole, like, the big lips and the big butt and... They want to take I, I pieces. Know. I used to watch them so much when I was younger and the older that I got and the more I realised how problematic they are, the more ashamed, I guess, I am that I used to, like, love them when I was younger. I was like, they're, they're amazing and I love them and I followed all of them and now I just get angry every time I, I see I anything the, about them. I seeing a tweet or something. It was, like, a picture of um, her hand and she was like, oh, sorry, guys, my hand's so pale. And then someone tweeted, bruh, it's because you're white. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to talk about um, black culture more, uh, like, with with Asians. Because oh, yeah. there's a lot of conversation. I mean, a while ago... A lot of conversation is very problematic as well. Yeah, there. I don't know if you know, Jem, but... There was a huge conversation online not too long ago where um, many people in the black online community were saying that a lot of Asians like Aquafina um, and, um, and Eddie, Huang. Eddie Huang, the celebrity chef, um, appropriate black culture um, for the gain. For like, yeah, for personal gain. And then gain. when they get to a certain point of stardom or celebrity or whatever, they drop it. Yeah, um, really, and the I, I I think about that, and I'm like I don't agree, but let's let's Discuss properly it. let's properly think about it, and mm-hmm. and do they appropriate black culture? Well, to be honest, I kind of want to have this conversation with a black person. Yeah, I yeah, think it's important. Really like we should bring in a guest for kind of going yeah. over that issue. Because as much as we can be like, have yeah, because I don't think I see and, it personally that's what i think that, but i think also, that's because that's part of our culture and maybe like exactly. we are we're, everyone is guilty of some form of ignorance um and bias. we are yeah, yeah. we're like we can't help our bias and that's what i was thinking and like My, seeing it's like it's basically like seeing a successful asian person being teared down and no asian person wants to ever see that so i don't think we're in the right mindset to really judge on it well that's definitely yeah. something we need to do we'll get we'll get on guest and we'll have this conversation properly because it's worth having conversation about yeah, yeah. i think it's very important yeah i mean i guess it's lucky for asians that no one tries to have like a asian accent to look cool because the asian accent isn't cool but a black accent's a real problem mm-hmm. and a real you know thing for the black community in general but i'm not going to speak anymore because i don't want to cancel myself I think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that because if people start policing what they say, they'll just think it without ever learning why that's wrong. I think if we just say it. Well, I'm not going to police now, but I think we should have a representative. We should. We should. But I mean, generally, generally in in the world. Yeah. 
have you guys seen um, the new Fox Eye trend? What is the Fox Eye trend, Gem? Not like we had a pre-recording <laughs> meeting or anything. Um, so it's this trend that I think it kind of originated with models and how you know they have that face where it looks like they've had a facelift and everything's very tight and their eyes are kind of slanted up because their faces are so tight like kind of like um bella hadid that's who i think when i think fox eyes um and now people are trying to do it by there's a a way because i've I've been watching loads of stuff recently and there's a way that if you tie up half of your hair well move some of your hair up and then get the hair just above your ears and pull it back as if you're pulling it into a ponytail like really tight so then it starts pulling at your eyes and mm-hmm. then let the hair at the top cover that so then it looks like you naturally have slanted eyes um also there's different makeup techniques to have your make your eyes look more slanted and i saw this and like i don't get angry often <laughs> but i got really angry and really upset around this because i mean as you guys know i haven't really experienced a huge amount of racism in my life luckily but the one thing that's always come up has been my eyes um that even though like even though i mentioned at the beginning i don't have monolids but i do have like almond shaped eyes and that was always something people would say i remember someone at a bus stop one time just like pulling their eyes at me and laughing Mm-hmm. So seeing this trend come up that, oh, now it's suddenly popular to have slanted eyes, that is not okay to me because I've been made fun of that for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a um, there's a model, Korean American model, I think she's Happer actually, called Gigi Moon. I think yeah, you know, I know her, her. yeah. Um, we don't know her personally, by the way. <laughs> um, but she <laughs> did a whole story once about there's a pose that models do when they put both their hands on the side of their face and they kind of like pull back a bit. Pull it back. Right. Yeah, I've so seen like that. Stretch, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like stretch out their face. And she was saying like how this is not, how this isn't okay while Asian kids, just, the same action is literally being used on Asian kids in school yeah. as an insult. But these models are also using it as like a sign of beauty, but okay. only white models are doing it. Yeah, crazy. Um... And I think this is all non-Asian models are doing it. And I think this is the same type of thing Jim's talking about because it's also like a really, a lot of models do this pose now. Right. It looks like, it sounds like then that it's always been a thing in the fashion world. It's just now it's it's come into the like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Jim? Mainstream. Mm-hmm. Mainstream beauty world where people have figured out how to do it with their hair and their makeup. Um, and it is crazy how, like, I'm thinking about an Asian girl having to face that in the playground and then growing up as a teenager now, having that be the thing that everyone's trying to do and she's been tormented by it Mm. through her younger days. Um, I find it very, honestly, like, really painful to see it, it whilst also making me angry it makes me so upset because it's just bringing back so many like memories and i don't understand how now it seems okay but it's it's not okay for an asian person to have those eyes because we're still it, this isn't gonna stop people making fun of us people I mean, are still gonna be making with... fun of us but it's also popular if a white person has slanted eyes i don't uh, it, it, uh, honestly like oh it's the same black people with big lips though 
Yeah, big. Yeah, they were literally drawn as caricatures, mm-hmm. and now all white girls have getting like lip fillers and stuff. Yeah, um, and I, I admittedly, I was even guilty of that when when I was in the phase of um, really being into the Kardashians, and I was in sixth form, and I remember that's when Kylie had her lips done, and they're amazing and beautiful, and whatever. At least that was my mindset back then. Um, I would start looking at my lips, being like, I want bigger lips. Like, and I would like overdraw them a little bit. And I really didn't understand the concept at that age of like appropriation or anything like that. And it wasn't until I got to uni um, that I was surrounded by people who were very good at having these conversations about, you know, society and, and what's okay and what's not okay. And one of my best friends, Majola, really, she, she's she's amazing. She like really educated me around everything around appropriation. That's how I actually learned about it. Um and I'm very grateful for her because she's really opened up my mind to a lot of things. And this thing with the fox eyes is the first time I've ever experienced it myself. Like I understood it on her point of view, but I like I think it's different when you actually experience it yourself. And it sounds so bad. It sounds really bad that I didn't never it never affected like my core. Yeah. Until well, Yeah, of course it won't though. It like directly affects me. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean I think this is like some next level appropriation to be changing your body to like appropriate like damn man it is next level but it's also it's also widespread everyone widespread widespread (laughs) 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 everyone is trying to change their body nowadays to to fit a mold and that mold has historically belonged to People certain groups of people mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean in future, really we're all gonna be mixed anyway so who knows this be a lottery a lottery of features mm-hmm. um but that was a uh a conversation that went in so many different directions yeah so i think like this episode we explored like you said akina so many different things and i think this is just the start of it we only really lo- t- lightly touched on it and yeah I think it's important that we continue to explore each of these topics, maybe like as a separate episode of their own and bring in different guests and their perspectives. Cause I think us three have the same perspective on, on these issues. And we have our um, biases. Yeah. Yeah. We need definitely need to bring people with different backgrounds to talk about it thoroughly and what, and like how it affects them. Cause yeah, Asians sure. mostly is just like fashion and food, but we've never had the problem of, you know, people want me dark and have big lips or you know mm-hmm. and then be made fun of for the same thing mm-hmm. absolutely um so for those episodes in the future you can stay tuned to rice is rice and listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, and most other podcasting sites and apps um and if you want to just keep tabs on what we're doing even though we're not very good at keeping people but we will. updated but um, we will, you can follow promised. us <laughs> you can follow us on instagram at rice's rice pod at twitter at rice's rice underscore pod and eventually there will be a lot of uh <laughs> episodes uploaded onto youtube at rice's rice <laughs> yeah and uh every wednesday make sure to tune in for new and amazing conversations about the bea community um and also don't forget to get some rice in your life Bye. thanks guys bye bye